This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. It is seven minutes past nine o'clock here in Hayesville, North Carolina. Welcome to a Wednesday morning wake-up call on Sports Country Radio. Appreciate you uh, tuning in, spending a little time with us this morning as we talk about what's going on in the world of sports. Uh, at least we'll get to sports in just a minute. Um, I, you know, I can't uh, uh, without being here the last couple of days, couple of days off for the uh, the long holiday weekend. Um, I can't start this show without talking about what happened um, in Highland Park, Illinois, uh, at a 4th of July uh, parade. Absolutely horrendous. And and here we go again here in the United States. We're not even midway through July. We're, we're like halfway through the year, and we have had 300 what has been classified as mass shootings, shootings where there's been more than one victim in this country, 300. I mean, you, you know, uh, you know, so we're, we're, you know, approaching on almost two a day. It, it's unbelievable. Right after the one in Highland Park, we find out that night there was another one in Philadelphia uh, where a couple of uh, uh, policemen were killed. You know, it, it's gotten absolutely ludicrous. And, you know, the part that, that bothers me the most about this is, you know, they, they passed this new bill, uh, through the legislature, which, you know, is a start, doesn't go anywhere near far enough. But we continue to have the ability for people who are troubled and who have demonstrated uh, sociopathic tendencies to legally buy guns. Uh, this kid that did it, and I'm not going to, you know, say his name because I just, you know, he's looking for his five minutes of fame and he's not going to get it from me. But this guy that did the shooting was like 21 years old. In 2019, three years ago, had been visited by the police after telling his family he was going to kill everyone. And they confiscated like a dozen knives and a sword from this kid. No, no charges were filed, but they confiscated a bunch of knives and, and, and a sword. What the hell is a kid that, you know, was 18 years old? What's he doing with a sword? But they confiscate these weapons from him. And because there were no criminal charges filed, and, and this is, you know, and this is where we've got a, there's a, there's a, a kind of a, a gray area here where, where guys can fall through the cracks, and this kid did. Because they didn't file formal charges, when he goes to apply for a gun permit to legally buy guns, and, and this this um, semi-automatic rifle that he used is was legally bought. He was the the uh, I guess it was sponsored. The thing was sponsored by his father. I guess he was like eight, eight, 18 or the, at the time or something. His father signed off on it. 
And so he legally owns like three firearms. The guy that was going to kill everybody and they had to take away a bunch of knives and a sword from him. And the only reason that's all he had was because that's all he could legally have at that point in his life. Think about that. And yet we want to screw around in this country and say, oh, no, we, uh, we don't have a problem with, with firearms. And just a day before that, there was this shooting in Denmark. And to show you how stupid a lot of these people on, on the, uh, in the Republican Party are, and some of them are dangerously stupid. You know, you look at, like, Marjorie Taylor Greene from Georgia. She may be dumber than pocket lint. And then we got this rocket scientist from Colorado, Lauren Boebert, who after the uh, shooting in Denmark, in Copenhagen, says that the, the shooting in the mall there where a few people were killed, it's just, it's just proof that uh, uh, strict gun control laws don't work because Denmark has very strict gun control laws. Well, what this idiot failed to understand and if she had done her homework, she would have realized that this was the first shooting, first mass shooting in Denmark in seven years. We have had 300 midway through 2022, and they have had one in seven years. In Denmark... There's almost a complete ban on automatic and semi-automatic weapons. Carrying guns in public? Can't do it. I mean, you know, the, the only way, you know, you can get a gun law or a gun in most places in Europe to, to own a firearm uh, is to, to do it for sport shooting or, uh, or hunting, and, you have to pay, and there is a serious background check. But this is, you know, this shows you how stupid these people on the right side are. You know, and it kind of, I, I get disgusted with myself, I, and I left the Democratic Party. I resigned from the Democratic Party when, when uh, Donald Trump became president and he became such an embarrassment. I, you know, well, I left. I'm now an independent. I was a Republican my entire life, but the Republican Party now is not the Republican Party I signed up for. And my God, when you listen to stuff from Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert and a bunch of these other whack jobs, Mitch McConnell was interviewed about this shooting. And, you know, and and he goes, well, you know, we really need to identify these people and figure out how to, you know, uh, you know, get make sure they don't get guns. And, you know, and this is a guy on the right side, but Nobody follows up and said, yeah, but how come you've been stonewalling and your party's been stonewalling efforts to get these kinds of things passed for years? Nobody follows up because nobody has the balls to follow up. Because it was probably one of his toady reporters that did the interview. But my God, how stupid can you possibly be? And by the way, when when Beaufort tweeted that out, she was in North Carolina. She was just up the road. Well, a little farther up the road, but I mean, just unbelievable. But this kid has now been charged with seven counts of first degree murder, and there's more coming. The question I have is uh, whether his father will be held negligent or uh, get sued or get arrested or have criminal charges because he helped uh, his son obtain 
the firearms by uh, by helping with the the permit. I would I would think at minimum he's going to get civilly charged by some of the victims. Seven dead, over thirty wounded, and we're still having this debate. When is it going to be enough? You know, we have these people in, you know, the Supreme Court telling now in New York, New York can't restrict people from carrying, you know, weapons in public. You know, why why are we continuing, you know, in Jesus, and I think it's in Tennessee, you can carry a gun uh, in public without even having a permit. It's just insane. And I worry about this country. You know, the, the political divide aside, the, the way that, that we are, are heading and the, and the morons that we are electing to public office is frightening. Absolutely frightening. And, and, and you know, and, and let me tell you, the, the, uh, the left doesn't help when you got these hysterical people on the left-hand side that, that uh, you know, say stupid things and go over the top. We just need some common sense, and there is none. You know, the people like me, and, and I'm not putting myself up as some kind of bastion of, uh, of uh, you know, morality or anything like that, but, you know, I'd like to think I have some common sense. And those of us that have common sense and would like to see something done, we get shouted down from both the left and the right. You know, if, the, if it was up to the right, Jesus, it'd be like the Old West and everybody would have a gun. We'd have to shoot out of the OK Corral every day. Christ, we're, quite, we're close to that now. And if it were up to the left, you know, you know, we'd have nothing and, you know, they'd be holding our hands and, and uh, telling us how to live our lives uh, all the time. Don't worry, you know, Big Brother will take care of you. You know, there has to be something in between. And right now, uh, that's lost. The one thing, you know, and I don't mean, need to make light of this, and, and I'm really not making light of it, but it, when you look at the shooting in Illinois, you know the one, the one saving grace? This kid was a shitty shot. He shot like over 70 bullets. We're lucky only 37 people got hit, seven dead, 30 wounded. We're lucky. Could have been worse if he was a better shot. How about that? We're thanking God because somebody's a bad shot. That's what we got to hope. We got to hope that somebody that has one of these weapons and decides they're going to shoot up something, we got to hope they're a bad shot. And you watch these morning shows and you watch these uh, the, the, the evening news and you watch the interviews with these parents. It was an interview with a girl this morning on a Today Show that was running with her mom, and her mom got shot in the chest when they were running next to each other. Mom got shot in the chest and was killed while they were running next to each other trying to get away. That girl was, uh, you know, a few inches away from being dead herself, and she has to live with that for the rest of her life. Father sitting next to his son. You know, I mean, it's just, we just, you look at this stuff and you go, oh, Jesus. You know, and, and but people don't want to hear about that. You know, the, the people are like, oh, no, it's not, guns don't kill people. People kill people. Well, yeah, but we if we keep the guns out of the people's hands, there's fewer people that are going to be killed. Period. You know, the NRA has, uh, you know, in, in the lobby in uh, on the right side and the, the whole Second Amendment argument, and I don't even want to get into that because the Second Amendment was not written uh, for things like this. The Second Amendment was not about your right to own a gun. 
It was about a militia. It was about it was a different time. And I guarantee you, and I've said this on this show before, and I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. If our founding fathers knew that there were going to be weapons like this, they would not that would not be that would not be in our constitution. I'm telling you that right now. Back then it was muskets, folks. And it took you thirty to forty five seconds to reload the damn thing. It ain't semi-automatic weapons where you can fire off 70 shots in, you know, a matter of minutes. Be sensible. Good Lord. You know, and so, I, so we start the show on that high note, and it's like I go after that, you go like, well, how do we talk about sports now? You know, how do you talk about it? You know, how do we go from, from that to, well, let's just pretend, let's just pretend everything's fine. You know, and, and it was a difficult decision, I'm sure, that day. Chicago White Sox had a home game, and they decided to play that game anyway despite the shooting. And, you know, they had a moment of silence, and, and they tried to do the right thing as far as that goes. But how do you how do you go on, you know? But we have to, right? We have to. We can't, we can't let them in. What are we going to do? Are we all going to hide in our homes and hope somebody doesn't shoot us when we go outside? But we shouldn't have to worry about that. We shouldn't have to live that way. Our kids shouldn't have to go to school worried about whether their school's going to get shot up by some idiot. You know, or have their have uh, threats written uh, on their painted on their school walls about, you know, violence is coming or, you know, reading things on social media. We shouldn't our kids shouldn't be subjected to that. And we shouldn't have to worry about whether it's safe to leave our homes and go to a God blessed parade on the 4th of July. Right? But that's where we're at. But we can't just cower. But we have to do something. And, oh, and by the way, I can't remember who it was. I think it was some reporter from the Huffington Post. There was somebody that was at the Highland Park shooting and and tweeted out about what happened. And uh, somebody that got, one of their people, or I think she got wounded. She got hit in the head or something or grazed by a bullet. And some idiot, some idiot reporter, and I think it was the Huffington Post, tweeted out about, well, if you haven't registered to vote, you need to vote. You know, your generation's our last hope. You know, she just got shot in the head. I mean, grazed, granted, but she just got shot. And you're going to say, well, you got to go vote now. You know, and that's, you know, we're just so tone deaf. And, and yeah, I get it. And I, and I think I understand what the reporter was trying to say. But there's a time and a place. But, you know, but it is the truth. At the end of the day. Folks, if we don't want to live like this, we have the ability to change it. We do. But it's going to take common sense. It's going to take people, the, even people that are on, the, uh, on the, the, the Republican side of the political scene, to say enough and to have some common sense and to vote people out of office like Mitch McConnell and some of these other idiots that want to stonewall any kind of gun control. And get rid of them. And don't elect people like Donald Trump or people, uh, you know, uh, that that are going to advocate everybody owning a gun and, and let's have shootouts every day. Get rid of people like Lauren Boebert and Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Getz and all these other idiots. Get rid of them. We have that ability, but we have to have common sense. And I, I pray every day. 
I pray every day that my family's safe, but then I pray every day that our, our country comes up and wakes up and says, enough. And we get these people out of office. And, and look, is Joe Biden the perfect president? No. No, he's not. But is he better than Donald Trump? Yes. Would he be better than Ron DeSantis in Florida, who, you know, refuses to get kids vaccinated? And I mean, it's just, uh, you know, and uh, or or, uh, you know, some right wing Ted Cruz. God help us. I mean, is Joe Biden better than those people? You bet your ass that he is. And when we have midterm elections coming up this fall and, and there's talk about a, a right wing, uh, you know, a, a Republican uh, takeover of the House and the Senate. We need to be afraid, very, very afraid. Jesus, it's already bad enough that Donald Trump screwed up the Supreme Court for a generation. But we can change it if enough of us get out to vote that have common sense and make the right decision at the ballot box. We have the ability to change. We have the ability to get gun control laws. We have the ability to take care of each other. You know... And I have hope for, for us because, you know, a kid that was shot in, in Illinois in this tragedy or, or his parents were killed. I think it was a young boy. His parents were killed in just a matter of like two days on a GoFundMe page. They've raised two million dollars for this kid. And it's tens of thousands of people just pitching in and throwing, you know, 10 bucks here, 20 bucks, there, two million dollars. So obviously there are people out there that understand that this is, we just got to stop. Well, if you can, you know, if you can write a check to a GoFundMe uh, thing for, to help this kid, and which is great, but if you can do that, you also have to make sure you get your ass out to the ballot box and make sure these people that are facilitating the ability for kids like this guy in Illinois to go out and continue to shoot people. If, if you care enough to help out this little kid, you need to care enough to make sure you vote and make sure the people that you're voting for have common sense as well and aren't just towing some party line. Donald Trump is a perfect example. Donald Trump was a dyed-in-the-wool supposedly Democrat until he decided he wanted to run for president. And realized the only way he was going to be able to run for president was by getting all the whack jobs in the country to go for him. So he started all of a sudden over the course of a few years becoming a, a, a Mr. Republican and spouting a whole bunch of stuff. I, I, I truly believe that most of the stuff that Donald Trump spews, he doesn't even believe. He's going to do whatever he could be, be. For him, it's all about ego and power. He doesn't believe this crap. Christ, I hope he doesn't. But we have the ability to make this stop. So let's do that. When the elections come up, let's make sure that we do that. Let's make sure that the people that are in power can make this stop. Okay. 26 minutes past the hour after my 19-minute rant. I'm sorry. I just, it, it's, uh, uh, it's emotional. I mean, you, I, you know, I just, I, I, I was watching the news and you, you tear up. You, you look at these parents or these kids that are talking about losing a parent or a grandparent to what happened or just the fear that they're going to have for the rest of their lives. There's this young kid that survived. They were running away and he said to his dad, Dad, I don't ever want to go to a parade again. 
That's what we're at. That's where we are. We're going to have kids who are going to be afraid to leave their house. It just breaks your heart. At least if you have a heart. I mean, it just, yeah, it's terrible. Okay, so let's uh, let's now transition, a very smooth transition to sports um, after that. And, and again, uh, I'm sorry, I don't mean to bring everybody down, but, you know, there's just times that sports have to take a bit of a backseat or, or a lot of a backseat. And this, this was one of them. I mean, I know the games go on, but you know, we just we have to we have to say enough. All right, the Red Sox last night. I I don't know how I could do this. Uh, the Red Sox last night lose to the Tampa Bay Rays eight to four. Um, Sox had opportunities last night. There's no question about it. They were just two for twelve with runners in scoring position. They left eleven guys on base. Uh, they had situations that they could have broken this game open. Um, you know, look, they got a great performance from uh, J.D. Martinez at three hits. Trevor Story had a homer. Xander Bogarts, uh, on his, after missing uh, a couple of games, after being uh, uh, spiked on the thigh and having to get seven stitches, uh, he hits one out to center field last night. Um, but the Sox had opportunities. Uh, fifth inning. Rob Refsnyder leads off with a single. J.D. Martinez hits a double. They've got runners on second and third and nobody out, and they can't score. That's a, you know, in a 3-3 game, second and third, nobody out. You have got to get a couple of runs in there. You've got to get those runners home. But Ryan Thompson finds a way to get out of it. And then the following inning, Tampa takes advantage. They score four runs and take a 7-3 lead. I mean, the Red Sox had a 3-3 game. It should have been at least 5-3 Red Sox going into the six. Who knows how things go after that. But, you know, they had opportunities. The, the, the ninth inning, right, the first two guys get on. They end up loading the bases. After Christian Vasquez a hit in the head, and I mean, thank God for batting helmets. But they load the bases with one out. You know, they're down four. They bring the tying run to the plate twice. They've got opportunities to to uh, tie this game up. Can't do it. Uh, just a brutal game. Trevor Story pops up to end the game. You know, and the weather the last couple of innings was awful. It was pouring rain. You know, so, you know, that was, that was difficult to be sure. But, um, you know, that's a game that the Red Sox – had an opportunity to at least compete in. They had it 3-3. Nick Pavetta was terrible last night. You know, he gives up three in the first. The Red Sox end up tying it in the second. You know, two in the first and one in the second. And Pavetta gets, you know, gets going. He's okay. He gets into the sixth inning. And this is where, you know, I I criticize Alex Cora. And I have, you know, I have that right because I have a microphone. (laughs) You know, Pavetta had been sailing along. After that first inning, he settled down significantly. No question about it. But when the first two guys in the sixth inning get on, what are we waiting for? You have got to get him out of the game. And this is the part, you know, that bothers me. Is that Alex Cora, who has a reputation of being Captain Hook, which is fine, 
you know, but my problem is, is that he's inconsistent about when he is going to, uh, uh, to be Captain Hook, you know, but after he walks Wander Franco to start the sixth inning, you already know you're in trouble. And then Paredes gets a single, uh, rips one, right? Now it's first and third, nobody out. He gets Kiermaier to ground into a force out of run scores. And then they leave him in to face Randy Arozarena. Doubles, and now they get him out. You should have gotten him out before then. You know, by the time you go to get him out, it's like closing the barn door after the horse is already running around the field. So, you know, so I, you know, that bothered me a little bit. At the end of the day, it's not like the Red Sox bullpen is is some kind of lockdown bullpen anyway. And then, you know, it gets worse. After Diekman gets out of it, they bring in Hansel Robles in the seventh. And, you know, Hansel, look, there's a reason that the Philadelphia Phillies let Hansel Robles go. And the Red Sox are finding that out. Or they should have realized it last year. You know, he... You know, he'll have a couple of decent appearances and everybody, you know, gets all excited. He's got an ERA of six, folks. He comes in in the seventh, walks a couple of guys, gives up a hit, gives up a run. You know, so now all of a sudden, you know, you just, he just, now it's 8-3. You know, and he just continues to kill the Red Sox. He's got to go. He has got to go. With Garrett Whitlock coming off the, the, uh, the injured list soon, Chris Sale coming back to go into the rotation. Whitlock goes into the bullpen. Nate Evaldi's coming back. You know, there's some guys in that bullpen that need to go, and Hansel Robles is number one. You know, they have got to fix this bullpen. Look, it's been a remarkable – it was a remarkable month of June. The Red Sox have done a remarkable job getting themselves back in this race. They are, you know – in the uh, in the number one wild card slot, which is you know what you want, game ahead of Tampa, game and a half ahead of Toronto, you know nobody's catching the Yankees. We already know that, but the Red Sox are considering that awful start. They have been, you know, it, it's hard to jump on them too hard, but they continue to leave guys in scoring position. They continue to have a bullpen come in and not be effective, with the exception of about two or three guys. You know, and it is time that the Red Sox fix that. You know, the trade deadline's coming up. You got to fix it. Got to. You know, and there are going to be some arms. You know, and I don't, there's going to be some arms available. Look, the Cubs are out of it. They're going to be looking to move somebody. David Robertson, who just shoved it up the Red Sox behind a couple of times when they were uh, uh, in Chicago. The Cubs could make him available. I'd be jumping on that in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat, he looks like, you know, he's coming back from Tommy John. He looks like he's fully back. That cutter is nasty. I mean, if you've got him on the back end of that bullpen with Whitlock, I like that a hell of a lot better than what I'm seeing right now. Get rid of Robles. You know, a, a Jake Diekman has bounced back a little bit, but they have to, they've, they've been a lot more uh, careful about how they use him. Um, you know, Davis has not been very effective. Tyler Danish has been pretty good. They've, but the problem is, is the Red Sox bullpen so bad. They keep trying to put him in positions of uh, doing things that he's really, uh, not comfortable doing. This isn't a guy with a lot of innings in the major leagues. And, 
You know, like the perfect example was the other day uh, when they tried to stretch him out. I think it was in Chicago uh, to get a save because they had nobody else. And he pitched a great eighth inning, came out in the ninth and just imploded. So, but they've got to fix it. So they'll wrap up the series today, uh, tonight. Actually, Corey Kluber will pitch for Tampa. And uh, Brian Bayo. and I, I am looking forward to this, a uh, young kid, 23 years old, is going to make his Major League debut for the Red Sox. He has been uh, turning a lot of heads in the minors, to say the least. Uh, this is the probably the most excitement for a Red Sox debut since uh, Eduardo Rodriguez back in 2015. Between uh, double and triple A this year, Bayo is 10 and 4 with a 2.33 ERA. He's, I think, in triple A, he's got like a 2.88 ERA. His his strikeout rate is like 33 percent. His swing and miss is like 35 percent. It's unbelievable, and he's got a, a nasty sinker. He gets ground balls at about a 63 percent clip. So this guy is, you know, does that mean he's going to stick? No, but man. What you know, my guess is he comes up, makes this start, and he's going right back to AAA because the Red Sox have a lot of arms back coming back. You know, with Evaldi getting close, uh, Michael Walker's supposed to be ready to go. Uh, he had he went uh, he missed the start with kind of a dead arm, uh, but he's he's supposedly going to be back uh, for the series against the Yankees. Um, so they've got people on the way. So I, my guess is he pitches tonight, and then that's the end of it. And I hope it's uh, I hope he has a better start and a better uh, debut than like Connor Siebold did. But everybody really excited about this. We have to temper the excitement. But look, this guy throws in the high nineties. He can hit. He can hit a hundred. So uh, it'll be uh, it'll be fun to watch that tonight. Uh, one other note: uh, Jaron Duran has indicated he's going to get vaccinated after missing the series in Toronto and getting killed on social media. Uh, he has said that uh, uh, that he's going to get vaccinated. He says, uh, you know, he said, I, I, I love the game too much to miss out on the opportunity to play baseball. Well, no kidding. How about you had done that, you know, a long time ago? You know, and the funny, Pete, Pete Abraham kind of said this tongue-in-cheek, but he's right. You know, everybody says they're doing research on things, but the, the research turned out to how many times you're going to get killed on Twitter or, or, you know, other forms of social media for not doing the right thing. And it seems that's what caused Jaron Duran to cave. And good, look, the Red Sox need him. The kid's been great since coming up, right? He's got an OPS over 900, hitting 329, playing a good center field. He's finally going to get vaccinated. Congratulations. Tanner Houck said yesterday, he was asked about it. He said, I don't want to talk about it. He says, I'm not going to comment on it. But Alex Cora has hinted very strongly that uh, he believes that Tanner Houck won't be an issue either going forward. So it sounds like uh, the social media uh, skewering that they took is going to be the thing that makes the difference. It shouldn't be that way, but that's what it looks like. You know, look, whatever it takes, right? It is 37 minutes past the hour. Been a long rant. We're going to take a break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It's 40 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call here on a Wednesday morning. Beautiful day down here in North Carolina up in the mountains, so, although we're supposed to have some pretty big thunderstorms this afternoon. so uh, and, and I can't even say we need the rain anymore. We've gotten probably two and a half inches of rain in the last week, so I'm kind of I'm crying uncle here because I'm really not looking forward to having to go out and, uh, 
and cut the back 40 yet again. Uh, but uh, here we go. Uh, supposedly, so anyway, so I hope you're having a good day where you are. I know there's a chance of storms in uh, a lot of places here in the southeast. Uh, the Yankees lose last night. First game in PNC Park in Pittsburgh since 2017. Uh, kind of a cool moment last night before the game. Bill Mazeroski, uh, who Mazeroski was the guy who hit the clinching home run in the bottom of the ninth in the 1960 World Series against the Yankees. Uh, it was at Forbes Field at the time. Uh, and uh, uh, he tossed out the ceremonial first pitch. He was 85 years old. Uh, good for him. He's in the Hall of Fame, uh, but 85 years old. There's still 10 people alive from that uh, uh, 1960 Giants team. That was the one, the famous uh, call after Mazeroski uh, hit that home run. The Giants win the pennant. The Giants win the pennant. Uh, so that was kind of a cool moment. Uh, the other cool moment, of course, last night was Jamison Tyon making his return to Pittsburgh. Uh, he played 10 seasons, or at least parts of 10 seasons, with the Pirates, went over to the Yankees uh, in a trade uh, for a package of uh, some uh, prospects. And uh, so they, uh, they, they kind of spoiled his return, uh, but he said it was kind of it was a cool moment, although a little bit weird coming out of the visitors' dugout. Uh, but that was the first time he had been back. He ends up going five and a third. Wasn't his, it was one of his uh, poorer performances of the year, six hits and five runs. He did strike out five, didn't walk anybody, uh, but gave up a couple of bombs. Uh, Jose Quintana got the win for Pittsburgh. He was pretty good over five innings, struck out seven, only gave up one, one run on six hits. Um, and uh, Pittsburgh with the win over the Yankees. Look, the Yankees now at the midway point of the season, 58-23. and 23. They got a 13-game lead in the American League East. Uh, they've got four big games coming up against Boston in Boston this weekend. Well, I say big games. They're big games for Boston. I mean, if the Red Sox and, and the rest of the American League East is going to have any hope, uh, the Red Sox need to sweep that uh, series against New York. Do I think that's likely? No, I don't. I think if the Red Sox split those four games with New York over the weekend, uh, they'll probably consider it a victory. You know, you'd like to win the series and win three out of four. There's no question about that. But if they can split that series with the Yankees over the weekend, uh, it would be huge. Uh, but 58-23 and 23 at the midway pole. Uh, and uh, home runs last night for Pittsburgh. Dan Vogelbach hit his 11th. Um, and uh, the rookie outfielder, Jack Sawinski, uh, kid making a bit of a name for himself, 14 home runs as a rookie. He's only hitting 227, but he has shown some great power. Uh, and, and look, this this Pittsburgh team is no quite there. Look, they're not going anywhere this year. They're 33 and 47, but they've got some good young players, uh, and they look like they might be a team kind of on the rise, although that is a tough division, no question. Although I guess of all the divisions, with the exception of the American League West, I would think that the National League Central, um, you know, the fact that, that, you know, you've got the Cardinals and you've got the Brewers that are the, kind of the perennial contenders there, but by and large, they don't just run away and hide. Uh, the Cubs right now are just terrible. The Reds are probably the worst team in baseball. And uh, the Pirates find themselves in third place. You know, and uh, they're only nine and a half back of St. Louis in second place. I mean, look, they're not, again, they're not, they're nine and a half back in the wild card. They're not getting, uh, you know, into the playoffs. But they're showing that they can compete, you know, and they're playing 500 baseball recently. So, uh uh, good for them. Good for them. And, uh, you know, beating the Yankees, that's kind of, you know, and, and on a night when Mazeroski throws out the first pitch, kind of a feel-good story. Um, Luis Severino will take the mound for the Yankees today. Uh, he'll go up against Mitch Keller. Keller with a 
ERA of over five, you would think that uh, it's advantage Yankees uh, in this one. The Blue Jays uh, lose again yesterday. They lose to the Oakland Athletics, so the Athletics have beaten them two in a row, which means the Athletics will win the series here. Uh, the Athletics pick up just their 28th win of the year, but Toronto in a bit of a slide. They have lost five in a row, and they have lost six of their last ten. Uh, Stephen Piscotty with a home run last night, uh, just recently off the injured list. He had his second home run of the season, made a great play uh, in the outfield as well, um, and uh, makes a difference in this one. He's uh, only hitting two thirteen, but again, uh, just kind of trying to get back into shape after being on the injured list. Uh, and the big bats for the Blue Jays were quiet. Vlad Jr. came off the bench um, as a pinch hitter, ended up playing uh, first base last night, uh, relieved Kevin Biggio, went 0 for 2. George Springer was 0 for 4. Uh, the only guy that really did much of anything last night was Matt Chapman. He had three hits, including a home run off of his old team, but the Athletics win this one uh, by a final of 5-3. to three. Uh, It'll be Jose Barrios starting the finale today uh, for the Blue Jays uh, and the, for the A's, it'll be James Caprillion, who has been disappointing to say the least this year. They had kind of hoped he'd take the next step forward, but he is 1-5 uh, with a 5-4-3 ERA. He has not gone deeper than six innings in 23 starts, which, by the way, is a franchise record. I'm not sure that's the kind of record you want to have. I haven't been able to go six innings or pass six innings in 23 straight starts. Um, Max Scherzer made his return to uh, baseball last night or at least to the big leagues last night, and uh, he was pretty good. Six innings, struck out 11, didn't walk anybody, uh, just two hits. Didn't matter. He couldn't. Uh, he did not factor in the decision, but he threw, I believe, 79 pitches last night, 57 for strikes. Uh, he wanted to go deeper, but Buck Showalter Walter wanted to take him out. Look, uh, and, and Scherzer was great. He said, look, I get it, you know, that uh, – uh, he has to uh, make the best decision for the club and his health and, you know, the, for long term. And so why push him? You know, and the bullpen did a pretty good job. Rodriguez came out scoreless inning. Hunter with a scoreless inning. Uh, but then the Reds get a run off of Seth Lugo in the ninth inning, and the Reds beat the New York Mets last night by a final of one to nothing. Tommy Fan leads off the, uh, the ninth with a double. Uh, there was a couple of intentional walks uh, to Tyler Naquin and Donovan Solano, and then Mike Moustakis with a sacrifice fly uh, to deep center, drives in Fam with the game winner, and the Reds win this one one to nothing. Just the 28th victory of the year for uh, the Reds. The Mets now with just a two-and-a-half game lead in the National League East because the Atlanta Braves win again their seventh win in the last ten games. Um, Ian Anderson, who has been awful lately, uh, Ian Anderson's ERA in the month of June was something around, uh, almost seven. I think it was 6.91 in six starts in June. Well, it was a good bounce back game for him last night. And it was, uh, something that the, the, uh, Braves desperately need. They beat the Cardinals last night, seven to one. Anderson goes five. He gave up eight hits, but only one run. He struck out three, walked one. Uh, and then the bullpen, uh, Colin McHugh, a couple of scoreless innings, and then uh, they roll in this one. Uh, the young kid, uh, the rookie, uh, Andre Palante for the Cardinals, lasted into the fourth, gave up 10 runs and seven hits. Ouch. He had been really, really good. 
uh, and to show you how good he had been, even after that giving up seven hits in or seven runs in three and two thirds, his ERA is still only three point oh three. Uh, and then the bullpen did a great job for the Cardinals of, of uh, settling things down. Packy Naughton came on and pitched two and a third, but uh, the bats were never able to get going against the Cardinals. I mean, against the Braves, and the Braves now just two and a half back. At one point, they were nine and a half back less than a month ago. And here we are uh, on the sixth day of July. And uh, if things don't turn around, the Mets could find themselves in second place by the weekend, and then all hell's going to break loose in New York. Uh, Steve Cohen's head will explode um, if, uh, if, if the uh, Braves catch them after all the money that he spent in the offseason. we got to take one more break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 51 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to The Wake Up Call here on a Wednesday morning. We have reached the sixth day of July. Time flies when you're having fun. By the way, you know what was interesting? The 4th of July down here, and I and I, I, I was surprised. It was quieter here in the country with uh, uh, a lot of good old boys and a lot of firearms and all kinds of stuff. It was quieter here on the 4th of July than it was in the middle of the city in Middletown, Connecticut, where we were up until about nine months ago. I mean, it was uh, a very, very subdued 4th of July down here. I loved it. <laughs> I said to my wife, I said, well, it doesn't seem like there's a time when it's not quiet down here. I absolutely love it. Uh, by the way, one other quick note on the uh, uh, that Cardinals-Braves series. Great pitching matchup uh, for the finale today. Miles Michaelis is going to start for the Cardinals 5-6, and six, but he's got a 2-6-1 ERA. Max Freed, who is 8-2 with a 2-6-6 ERA, will take the mound for the the, uh, the Braves. That is going to be one that's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I'll probably switch back and forth between that uh, in the Red Sox game, but I'm really anxious to see Brian Bayo tonight. I'm also taping a podcast tonight, the Boys of Summer podcast, with my friends uh, Paul Arnold and Eric Braun. We will have that uh, up on all your favorite podcast platforms uh, tomorrow. So uh, you can look for that as well, and you can listen to three old guys talk about baseball because you got nothing better to do. Uh, the Dodgers win last night. They beat the Rockies by a final of 5-2. to two. The, They now have a five-and-a-half game lead in the National League West. That is the biggest lead they have had in the West all season, and that is because their competition is is uh, in the toilet right now. San Diego lost again last night. They're five and a half back. They've lost uh, eight of the last ten. The San Francisco Giants have lost six straight, uh, so they're taking on water. The Giants just, God, it must have just been maybe ten days ago. They were like three and a half back. Now they're ten and a half back. And uh, so the Dodgers taking advantage. Uh, they get the win last night over the Rockies, five to two. It was a young kid that came up to uh, make the start. Uh, a 24-year-old, uh, Ryan Pepio, went five innings, four hits, just one run, struck out six, walked one. Uh, first win of the season, lowered his ERA to 2.76, and then the bullpen does a good job. Brewster Gratterall, uh, with his second save for the Dodgers, uh, Craig Kimbrell not available. He had an MRI yesterday. Uh, he got hit in the back with a line drive. Um, and uh, they did an MRI, and fortunately uh, for them, the MRI results were negative, so it, he's not going to miss any time, and he'll be available. But uh, last night, uh, he was not, and uh, three Dodger relievers combined to pitch four innings and gave up just one run, striking out six and not walking a batter. That is huge. Uh, you know, that's been a problem for the Red Sox with the bullpen is, you know, coming out of the bullpen and walking the, walking the house. 
Uh, Herman Marquez takes the loss for the Rockies last night. Uh, falls to four and seven. His ERA now a, uh, a hefty six. Max Muncie, his eighth home run of the season last night. Uh, Muncie, who just recently came off the IL, has been on a, a tear since coming back. Still only hitting 171, but finally starting to uh, uh, show the form that he has in the past. Mookie Betts uh, hit a home run last night, his 18th of the season uh, for the Dodgers as uh, they win 5-2. to two. Uh, the Twins beat the White Sox last night, eight to two, and I still think the Tony Larusa watch is on in Chicago. I don't know how you fire a Hall of Famer, but at some point, you know, you just have to wonder if they're going to just say, "Look, Tony, we love you, uh, but we need a change. Uh, we need a, we need a new voice." There's three games under 500 now. They're only six and a half back of Minnesota. That may be the one thing that's saving them uh, is that they're still in striking distance, but. Uh, another brutal loss last night. They get beat 8-2. to two. Michael Kopech, uh, a, a former Red Sox farmhand, goes four and two-thirds, eight hits, six runs. Uh, Winder got the start for Minnesota, went five. Um, and uh, he was a bit of a surprise start, Josh Winder was, because uh, it was supposed to be uh, Chris Archer. And all of a sudden, he came up with a, a sore hip, and he has wound up on the injured list. So Winder makes the start and uh, was pretty good in the uh, – uh, the bullpen does a great job. Jarrell Cotton pitched the final uh, two innings, struck out three, and uh, the Twins win this one. They are now 47-37, and 37, as I said, uh, six and a half ahead of the White Sox. They're four and a half ahead of the Indians, uh, who lost again. Indians have now lost three in a row. The uh, Detroit Tigers doing a number on them right now. So Minnesota with a four-and-a-half game lead uh, in the American League Central. Uh, and the Astros come back to beat the Royals last night. Uh, it looked like the uh, the Royals had uh, this game in hand, but uh, then the Astros come up with single runs, uh, excuse me, two runs in the seventh and then one in the eighth to win the thing 9-7. to seven. Jordan Alvarez, his 25th home run of the season. Not only that, he got to start in left field last night, gunned the guy, Hunter Dozier, down at the plate. Uh, I'm telling you, right now this kid is uh, putting himself in the middle of the uh, – the MVP conversation hitting 313 on the season, 25 home runs, 58 runs batted in. He's got an OPS of 1076. I mean, there are some there are some guys having absolutely phenomenal years. And Alvarez, who just signed that extension uh, with Houston this year, he's going to be there for a while. Uh, home runs last night also by Alex Bregman, uh, his 10th of the season. Uh, Pena hit one as well, uh, his 12th as the Astros pick up their 53rd win of the season, 53-27, and 27, a 13-and-a-half game lead in the AL West. As I said, outside of the American League Central, uh, the division races are essentially over. The Yankees with a 13-game lead, and Seattle now 13-and-a-half uh, back of the Houston Astros. That's going to do it for us here this morning. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Wake Up Call. Hope you all have a great day. Stay safe if the storms uh, are where you are. Some of them are supposed to be strong. We leave you this morning with some music from Carly Pierce. It's called Next Girl. See you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country.